0: I wanted a place for people to receive authentic guidance and practical ways to awaken. Thought provoking, paradigm shifting, and empowering. This is about expanding our human consciousness to create a wave of new possibilities. I'm Dr. Teresa Willard Weick, and this is Quantum Minds TV.
1: Welcome back to Quantum Minds TV, where we take a deep dive into various perspectives on what it's going to take to create a shift in human consciousness. In this episode, we're continuing the conversation with Drs. JJ and Desiree Hertok. And when we can shift to that unity consciousness, that I think really gets us to that place that we want to be for creating that leap in collective consciousness. Whereas when you come to from just an approach, for example, of a purely scientific perspective like we have right now with some of the materialist scientific perspective where it's like, well, it's about AI, it's about the singularity where we're trying to transfer our brain or our intelligence or consciousness into a computer or the global brain project or into a machine and create these hybrids. It's so that we can achieve immortality. Well, what if we already are immortal, but we need to stop being so focused on just the physicality of our existence and get into more the eternal essence of who we are?
2: This is the great craze, uh here in Silicon Valley where we're looking presently at uh, the singularity, the work of Ray Kurzweil and others like him, that we can really manufacture a being that is a cyber, part human, part machine that will live forever in space ignoring what we've seen in terms of research that has shown our physical potential of being able to extend with just this wetware of our brain into another dimensional field, claiming what I call the lightware, the ability that we are part of a universal mind already. And that endowment gives us the ability of omnidirectionality, omnipotence in certain areas of new science I mean to Forsake really the God given gifts of the spark of the divine, if I can use that terminology. That the ancients considered to be part of the universal self.
3: Right. We've talked in universities actually around the world, and we, we're pro-literally uh, artificial intelligence. Robots will help us in the future, they're inevitable. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we have to become a robot to live forever right. or to have that greater ability. And that's the end of our conversation at these classes because we <laughs> think, you know, you don't realize we are actually always more interconnected than a robot then you get to the question though can the robot develop consciousness that's a different reality but that's an interesting reality we can save that for another program but bottom line our abilities right now are far surpassing Any robotic scenario that we can imagine because of our non-local awareness that we have. And it really should empower us. I think that's my message to every time I do a lecture similar to this, that we have such an ability. We are not individuals cut off, stuck here in a house, not doing anything, you know, too old to get out of the house, too COVID to get out of the house, whatever you want to say. We actually, from where we are, can make a difference on the planet and of course if we can go out and you know do something help the homeless you know do the food kitchens whatever we can also increase that ability i'm not saying it all has to be from our minds we have to be living productive beings both in consciousness and in physicality the
2: ancient mystics we call the kabbalists were able to come up with this concept of i am the human i am of self-realization connected with the divine mind the higher i am a A of the terminology I am that I am suggesting that there was an un- understanding of non-locality in some of the ancient philosophers
3: but we're also encouraging people and this might sound a little strange to use that what we would call woman's intuition or higher intuition to know what to do to kind of foresee because we have that ability to foresee something into the future we can actually kind of know you know what my my friend elizabeth rousher she was older when we uh, worked with her and i would say elizabeth what do you want for dinner she'd remote view the food store and she'd actually tell me what to buy. I mean, we can do all this. I love that. It was such a practical experience, Uh, but you know, whatever, you know, you pull up during COVID, you know, what pump do you pull up to that won't get you COVID if you touch it? You know, these are all things that you have, you have the ability to do where to go, when to go and you'll run into people you haven't seen. You have this interconnectedness that you don't, you couldn't even imagine your intellectual mind cannot produce what your higher cosmic consciousness mind can li- guide and to you, guide you. So, so, so let me ask you. Let me ask you this
1: before we go on to another. So there's the intellectual. There's the possibility of this, right? We are we are telling people that they have this possibility of being far more awakened, far more aware, far more connected to a unity consciousness, being able to remove you and all of this. And then there's, okay, we can use our intuition, but the question that a lot of people out there are going to be asking is, how? How do we wake up to this? You know, how do we shift from being so focused on, it's all about the outer dramas of our world today that we're fed by, you know, media with, to recognizing that the power is actually within us and we need to look at creating that change within and then how do we start to access that? So how, what would you suggest?
2: Well, in our studies uh, with uh, the Academy for Parapsychology and Medicine here in Northern California, also our studies with various think tanks has shown that deeper levels of meditation activate a consciousness sh- shift then from the normal 3 dimensional black box reality into a higher level of consciousness assimilation. Our work also with uh, music and an acoustical physics has shown that the mind can be entrained by certain sounds introduced from the musical artistic environment. It c- can also bring together the left side and the right side of the brain, the male and the female, so to speak, into a, uh, a collective awareness. There is also training that can take place by a person who is a gifted shaman or psychologist who is aware of the mind potential. We worked with Sakir Mutwa, a Zulu shaman in South Africa, for many years, who was able to show how the power of the mind could actually make uh, water ripple on a stream or on a lake bed several kilometers away, or Elizabeth Rauscher's work that would be able to show how the mind could influence uh, the Activity on a uh, Petri dish in a different laboratory uh, a couple kilometers away. So there's this unknown principle of energy. Transfer that takes place.
3: Right. So what I would say is make it known. That's my first thing. Is realize you have that potential. If you don't think you have the potential, then it really doesn't mean anything. You're never going to get there. So know that you have that potential. That's first and yeah. foremost. That's, that's then that's you can that's kind that's of test. test it a little bit. And meditation is a good way. Um, I even say for remote viewing, look at your cell phone, or uh, before you actually even look at your cell phone, I should say, um, if Someone's calling you, say, What do you think is calling me? And think about uh, who that could be. And then see if you're right when you pick it up. This starts developing that inner sense of awareness. This is something we can do every day. And eventually, you'd be surprised how accurate you are in knowing before you look at something. So it's that kind of assurance within yourself that you have this potential. That's first and foremost. And then listen. Listen for that kind of awareness, that still, small voice within that says something to you like, don't go there or go that way. Go left. Don't go right. Whatever. Whatever direction it is. And then you start developing your own inner awareness. And really, remote viewers have been teaching this as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So one of the things when it comes to meditation as well as um being able to project or, you know, influence, I should say, with our mind, with our will, the movement, for example, upon water or, you know, the outcome of events, um, a lot of it also, I believe, has to do with having a very focused or coherent Alignment of the intention, the how you're focusing your attention, and where your you know how long you can sustain that for. So that coherence, you know, versus a, a monkey mind or a scattered mind, you know, it, it's going to interfere with itself when it's not when we're not able to control our thoughts. So this is one way in which meditation really helps to, you know, learn to control the mind and quiet the mind so that we can have more sustained and coherent uh, focus of our attention and intentions uh, to be able to influence things. And and this coherence is really an important piece when it comes to influencing the quantum realm because it needs coherent energy to interact with it. Uh, Just like when uh, you know, a, a laser light or a photon shines upon an elect, you know, the electron and kicks it into a, a higher orbit, you know, it makes that quantum leap. Uh, we need coherent energy to come in with a very particular amount of energy to help it make that leap. So, this coherence within us, you know, a laser-like focus within us, ability to control and harness our mind and our thoughts and our will uh, are, are where the training and the practice really comes in um right and and it's it is a daily practice it's not just a once in a while or on a sunday No, you know it's a, it's a regular practice of some kind that helps us to harness the well, one there's many different tools and practices right
2: right the, the mind is like a biological laser and as you just said so nicely the what mind has to be quieted through all the background chatter all of the information that can interfere with building really up really the breakthrough moment where the mind suddenly hops into another reality and brings back the information that's coherence.
3: Right, but intention is key in all of this. Uh, When we were working for prayers in the Middle East, this is back even in the 70s, you know, we had a group of people. We had
2: several members of John F. Kennedy's uh, cabinet who were retired join us because the precarious circumstances of war in the Middle East was so uh, striking that they decided to take a chance and work with the paraphysical dimension.
3: We also had the famous quantum physicist, Fred Allen Wolf, if you're familiar with him. Yeah. He had joined yeah. us because he understood. And one of the things we did was we, we were projecting through visualization to the Middle East. And one time right then, like we had turned off most of the cell phones and things like that, or it wasn't even cell phones at the time, they're real landlines. And there was a call came in right that moment from there, which we had not expected. So, you know, you can project your energies and really make a difference lynn mctaggart as some of you know has done this and shown this many many times with the power of eight how we can heal others with that cohesive energy that we project forward to others. And then what she found, which is interesting, that not only are you healing the person in the center of the circle, but all the people in the circle are also getting healed because it's this energy you're bringing forth. So it's a very positive energy that we're trying to bring through the cosmos to help, to heal, to transform.
2: And this experiment along with more than 100 are illustrated in our book called Mind Dynamics, in space and time with Elizabeth Rauscher. This is really the real X-Files, 700 pages of work with the top <laughs> physicists and mathematicians in the United States. We also had a chance to work with a cosmologist in Russia, Noor Severus Fail Kosmosheyev, who was explaining how the Russians were able to entertain uh, experiments in submarines that were in the Pacific Ocean connected with lab experiments in Nova where rabbits were separated from the mother rabbit and when the the offspring were killed in the submarine, the mother rabbit would react because the linkage even on that level with the cosmic intelligence we don't
3: encourage those kinds of experiments no
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i'd like to come back to this idea of coherence and and you mentioned lynn McTaggart's, you know work with the intention experiments and especially when we bring it together with a coherent group now this brings us to what happens when we not only have a coherent group but we have a critical mass of coherence when we can make that leap and Collective consciousness. And, you know, in, I think it was in 2004, I attended a lecture uh, with Barbara Marks Hubbard, who I know you've done some work with. And one of the things that she said that I loved was she said that, you know, evolution often comes in the face of crisis and that the crisis often is the catalyst, you know, for that necessary leap in evolution and that shift. And and even if you look at the history, a lot of times the what what she would look at as evolutionary shifts were often a consciousness raising event. And so we're right now at this time where we need to raise consciousness and make such an evolutionary shift. But we're also at a time where not only are we aware that we're evolving, we are aware that we can consciously participate in our own evolution, which I think really ties back to what the ancient alchemists we're all about, which was how can we harness the forces of transformation and, and change to make things better, to raise the consciousness and raise the vibration, and to do so
2: proactively and, and
1: masterfully.
2: Let's take a pause from this fascinating conversation to enjoy a quick consciousness break.
0: Introduction to Kabbalah Chance, a healing meditation series for awakening the tree of life within. Each album in this 11-part series is specially tuned to musical frequencies, soundscape, and divine names that capture the essence of each sephira on the Tree of Life. The music of these healing meditations is tuned to a 432 Hz musical scale, which is a pure frequency fundamental to the sacred geometry and mathematics of the universe. The more our cells become in tune with this frequency, the more we will be in pure joy and alignment with the harmony of nature and the true essence of who we are. Universal Kabbalah is the study of life and how to live our full potential in this life. The word Kabbalah means to receive, so allow yourself to just receive during these meditations. As you listen to these sacred tones and healing music, we invite you to allow your soul to soar within the vast realms of your true divine potential.
1: So how can we become, you know, social alchemists of the human race to help us create that leap in human consciousness? And and Barbara Marx Hubbard even talked about coming into an age of, you know, really consciously evolving. Uh, and to do so at a collective level. So maybe you can share a little bit about your uh, work and your interactions with Barbara Marks Hubbard and also how you see this time on the planet and this
3: leap in consciousness that we need to make happening. Right. So, yes, Barbara said, you know, you're going to have to go through crisis to go to the next positive step forward. Because she saw that, you know, I don't believe crisis is necessary. Dr. Odeck has this book, End of Suffering. You know, we don't have to suffer to make the change. But it seems that as a humanity, we tend to take that. Direction, sadly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sadly. But yeah. If technically, that just brings us into the next quantum leap because we seem to be survivalist. We continue on, and we find ways of making changes. And I believe, even with we talk about the environment. Even with the environmental crisis that we are facing, and I believe we are, there are solutions that we can come up with. How fast we come up with those solutions, we've had literally 50 years in a certain sense to have come up with those solutions, and we've been slow paced to do it. Now we're getting through crisis. Now maybe we'll do it in five to ten years, which is a sad situation, if I can say for the human race. I want to say one other thing that I'll let Dr. Hirtak talk about Barbara, because we were some of our oldest good friends for many, many years. He's known her literally for 50 years of course, she's been passed over for a couple of years now. But bottom line, there was on the internet something called the WebBot Project. And they would go look at crises throughout the planet and they would report on these crises like possibility Uh, of this happening, of that happening. And they felt when they reported on it that people would read about it. And these crises then they felt were adding to the manifestation of them. So they actually stopped the project. I, I think that's a really critical aspect mm-hmm. they stopped putting the information out because it was all negative they were saying well what could happen how could that could it be this is what could happen they well, stopped again that's that's really
1: interesting because it's exactly what the mainstream media is
3: constantly
1: doing it's focusing on the negative right and it's driving it's the
2: cosmic that. turnoff it's the cosmic turnoff rather than seeing really the fantastic universe that we live in the great breakthroughs and discoveries that we're making showing us that we are living cosmic citizens already in this biological form, but to go back to Barbara, I met her in the uh, 1970s, early 70s, when she was promoting what she called SYNCON, which was bringing together high technology into a dialogue of how we can discover the new image of humanity, our cosmic potential, and then later she graduated into spirituality in reflection upon New Testament, she felt deeply the inspiration of the Christ ideal, the model that we were all interconnected with a higher consciousness experience, which led her to reinterpret the New Testament, it's a fantastic testament of her contributions to the ongoing nature. We would call it the cosmic Christ, realizing that we are part of the divine and the divine is part of us. And so she created this wheel of co-creation where we put
3: our energies in to make the next evolutionary step. And she Mm. was positive about the future. And we are too, because we think we are co-creators with not only the universe itself trying to help us move forward now we have to do a lot of it ourselves but also our own insight so when we talk about you know remote viewing the food store how about remote viewing and we've seen this before with scientists what that's technology to move forward with how to design new technologies how to improve humanity i believe and we've seen this in silicon valley many scientists say you know i was just inspired to create this. This is something that came to me kind of, I won't say a vision because that's not a good word because it becomes, you know, overlaid with lots of uh, ancient uh, theology. But basically, I was inspired by my understanding to create this greater reality and these fabulous scientific experiments and technologies that come from this
1: so this is almost like that spirit will find a way to come through even if they're not spiritual if they're just somewhat listening into that aha moment that intuition that inspiration it'll come it'll come
3: through And i believe it's coming through now and i think that there is solutions but we have to change i mean we can't keep doing the same thing over and over again i think as Einstein said you can't solve problems by staying inside the box you have to just you know have a new
2: change your consciousness to a higher level yeah this is the exciting moment that we're living in uh we're not religious window shoppers we're not looking just for the bits and pieces and the fragments of reality we're looking at the holistic picture and that is why our organization the academy for future science means Science guided by consciousness—the realization that consciousness is the center part of the whole evolutionary process—as Max Planck said in the 1930s. So Bohm and others like him were able to draw upon the uh, work of the einstein uh Rosen model of realizing the cosmic potentials there. But we have to be a living part of it, and not just a reflective part. We have to be a progressive uh, part of putting together our own map. Of where we go from here,
1: or maybe even taking responsibility for our own contributions into the cosmic web, into the cosmic symphony, and and you know as people taking responsibility, and then when we look at bridging the science with the spiritual and having. You know, the the consciousness guiding the scientific development. This is something that really, I would say, ultimately motivated me as a physicist to explore more deeply into things like uh, Kabbalah and alchemy and ancient hermetics is because I saw that there was deep wisdom there. And that you know, that they had they had wisdom and insights thousands of years ago that our modern science is only today just discovering. And we might have a new language or a new way of describing it. And it may be you know, maybe it's more mathematical or more scientific in its technological kind of verbatim. But um but we also need to shift i believe the consciousness so that whatever these technologies are i agree with what you said earlier that you know we are moving towards a time of ai and you know robotics and and automation and you know 3d printing we've got some great technologies coming down the line and we can use them to help create a better world And the key, though, is that, I mean, they could also be used in a very bad way. And the key ultimately comes down to consciousness. So what do we need to do to bring in that greater wisdom to guide the application and the advancements of these technologies and the science so that the science is guided by the wisdom versus it's only, you know, kind of always coming down to, well, it's just about money or it's about, you know, what's... uh, what helps us have greater control, or what's how helps us have greater weapons, or what helps us to, uh, you know, just, you know, re-emphasize the fact that we're just physical beings. Uh, so how, I mean, this was my major inspiration for shifting, you know, from just straight up science and research into, you know, also trying to bring metaphysical tools to people because I really feel the wisdom. Uh, needs to come in and the consciousness needs to shift within humanity so that we can take these resources and tools and this knowledge and understanding of science and use it to create a better world versus uh, a world that continues to uh, be at war and destruction.
2: Right, you use the word uh, orchestration or orchestra of events in space. This has been also our interest uh, going back to work with Dr. Fuharic in the 70s, who was working with this called ELF, extreme Low Frequency modulations from space, suggesting that our mind is part of a proton matrix, and that we are working with uh, very subtle uh, aspects of vibration. And if these are scaled up, as the ancients in India believe, we realize that we are an orchestration of life. And that Dr. Stuart Hameroff has taken this concept of orchestration into a new understanding of his work with uh, tubulin process of the brain. But our work has been also to look at the musical side of biological chemistry.
3: Right, so we really, to answer your question, we need to be more human-orientated rather than object-oriented. I think that's important. And I want to go back for one second. You mentioned about Habbalah and how science relates to some of the, we'll say, ancient wisdom teachings, you know, Trinity is is a very powerful uh, notion, both in Eastern, because you have the three, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, as well as the West, uh, God, the Holy Spirit, and the Sonship principle. If you look at that coming into, and this goes back home as well, into science as we see it, basically there is the three everywhere. Hydrogen, the most abundant element in the universe, has actually three phases of itself. Water, what's required for at least our life, and we're about 65 to 75% water, depending on age. H2O, count it, three. There's ongoing scenarios of three in life, you know, throughout the universe. So So
2: there's a mathematical, vibratory, uh, harmonic, and hierarchy, even with nature itself.
3: Yeah, the tetrahedron is key. The ideas of pyramids, those, you know, that's something that we've studied. It's all part of that basic notion of life. And that, Mm -hmm. I think, is the information pattern that Bohm was talking about from the implicate order, which we consider part of, like we'll say, the substratum of creation that makes everything what it is, to the explicate order, which is us, which is the manifestation of that implicate
2: order. To the new science that we are an orchestration of wave and particle resonance, Mm -hmm. and that as we begin to come into a holistic awareness, we gravitate into a global tone, realizing that a small percentage of of thinkers can actually change the vibratory matrix of how the human race works. This is the theory of (laughs) uh, the late astronaut Edgar Mitchell, if we can raise human consciousness one or two percent, we can reach critical mass that's tipped the paraphysical imbalance into one of harmony
1: so that that critical mass and that critical mass is you know 1% 2% 3% but it's a small percentage of the collective of humanity that when we can create that coherence of a, that collective of that you know small percentage of humanity we can have an instantaneous up leveling of the whole collective consciousness people of course will always still have a choice but it'll be a lot easier for them to up level or to raise their consciousness to that new level of awakening and awareness of our interconnectivity and um you know i love uh with how you mentioned the power of 3 and the trinity i actually have a whole episode on mystery teachings of the power of 3 and how it even comes in not only with the you know the Kabbalah and you know the tree of life we also see it within physics within particle physics within the quantum realm and how they they always show up in these sets of three and it's pretty phenomenal join us again as we continue to dive deeper into this fascinating conversation with the her talks on the next episode
2: this conscious conversation was created produced and recorded by dr Teresa bullard weick in collaboration with doctors jj and desiree Hertak and edited by verse content and hh films and photo The theme music was created by Tim Mountain of Evenload Productions. Quantum Minds TV is a product of the Quantum Learning Academy.